Thank you for listening to this episode of the James Donald Forbes McCann Catamaran Plan. If you'd like to listen to bonus episodes, go sign up to the Patreon. That's patreon.clom. Clom? Ah, we fucked it. Anyway, look, you'll find a way. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the James Donald Forbes McCann Catamaran Plan. A podcast about one man's journey to boat ownership. It is start time, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for start time? No. Pardon me. I am not ready for start time. Well, it is too late for that now. It's great to be here. One time, James Donald Forbes McCann, Catamaran Clan, episode whatever number this is. And we've got something a little different for you this week. All the other things, all the administrative particularities of this podcast are being worked on and you can listen to the previous episode if you'd like to hear me talk about that for a very limited amount of time however this week we're doing something a bit different because i i got a tweet this week from somebody or a tweet response i tweeted out here is yet another episode of the jdfmcp and then i put a link to last week's episode respect at scotty murren on Twitter, responded, Can you please make your podcast shorter? Now, I knew this was a, a joke, of course, because my podcasts are usually very short indeed, although the uh, thoughtful listener will have had a look at the length of this podcast and said to themselves, But hold on a minute, this one's not. <laughs> hold on! Okay, so... Uh, I, I wrote to him, I'm doing my best, because I really am trying to make them short. Now, I must say, I think last week's was the shortest ever, unless there was, it was a very short bonus one. But that wasn't a bonus one last week, that was a real episode. And, um, and part of the episode was just my stand-up comedy. And it was going to be a longer podcast featuring more of me doing stand-up comedy, but um, 
this stand-up got a bit uh, vulgar and bad, so I decided to take some of it out. Anyway, so Scotty writes... Can you please make your podcast shorter? And I said, I'm doing my best. And Scotty comments on that with an asterisk. Asterisk. Anyway, with a little star. Hopes James knows it was ironic, and I want them to be longer based on the average and my own personal commute time asterisk. So I've written to him, well, look, how long is the commute? I'll tone the next one to the length of the commute. Obviously, I meant to write time, and I'm just finding out now in real tone that I've made a mistake. And Scotty commented, an hour and 12 minutes road work dependent. So, Scotty, is this going to be as good an episode uh, minute for minute as the other ones that we've done? Probably not. I can't imagine that it will be. I simply won't have the time to edit it. But I am starting early. I'm starting recording this, and I think I'm going to have to probably, Dan Carlin, Hardcore History style, record it in chunks. I'm just going to sit down and record as much as I can, and then I'll do that again and again and again and again. And then we'll edit it up on Sunday, and we will see if we can do an episode of the James Donald Forbes McCann Catamaran Plan. That is one hour and 12 minutes long. And of course, so far, we have already done three minutes and 12 seconds. So let's find out what that is as a percentage as we run down the clock. <laughs> We don't need to. But I will. Okay, three. Hold on. How do I work that out as a percentage? 60. Because that's one hour plus 12. 72. So it's three divided by 72 times 100. Oh, look at that. We've already done 4%. 4 4.1. 6666 recurring. Oh, unlucky. Um, hey, hey. Hey! Hey! In the time that it took to figure that out, we've moved up to minute number four. Now it's four divided by 72 times 100. Well, that's gotten us up to 5.5. Look, if we just keep figuring out how far into the podcast we are, um, <laughs> and we do that for about six more minutes, I think we could probably leave the, the next hour and two minutes blank. Because uh, no one will bother listening to it. So we'll talk about more exciting and interesting things than that. But on my way back into town, I got a cab. And it was an old Croatian man who was the driver of the cab. And I knew he was a Croatian man from a couple of things. Number one, he had Croatian hair. There is a very specific, very thick, wiry hair common to Croatian people. Prove me wrong. And secondly, he told me repeatedly and enthusiastically that he was Croatian. He asked me where we were going, and I told him my address. And uh, he said, You got a Croatia club? <laughs> I said, No. And he said, You should go to a Croatia club. Because I live in the inner west, and there's a Croatia club in the inner west. And I said, All right. Yeah, and he said, every Friday. I said, well, my best friend is Croatian. And he said, your best friend Croatian, and he never take you to Croatia Club. 
<laughs> I said, no, never. And he went, mmm. He made that noise. And then we just had a wonderful conversation about all things creation. It was a real treat. Uh, he said uh, there was a Croatian electric car company. I asked if I knew about that. He asked me if I knew that Nikolai Tesla was creation, uh, Croatian. Creation? Croatian creation. Creole nation. I didn't know that Nikolai Tesla was Croatian. I thought he was a Serb. I think the Serbs claim him. And then he told me about the Croatian Six, and uh, we spoke about politics, and he said a couple of things about politics that really stayed with me. He said, uh, Gov Whitlam was backed by Yugoslav Mafia. I was like, oh, I'd actually, I had not heard that before. Um, I hadn't heard any of this before, and I was saying, man, I'm finding out all these things about Croatia. It's a cool new electric car company. And he goes, your friend who's Croatian, he is a bad man. Should tell you more about Croatia. So, Amos Gill, if you're listening, disgusting that you've not told me more about Croatia. Um, I feel like Amos has actually told me quite a lot about Croatia, and it's one of the places I'd most like to go. I can tell you right now they've got a 1,000 kilometres of coastline or something because the man driving the taxi cab was very eager to share information about the beautiful coastline of Croatia. Also willing to share his thoughts on Serbian people, and he was not keen. Oh, what else did he say? He said, uh, it was just after the election, and he said, this man Albanese... Classic Italian. I said, why? And he said, big mother, talk, talk, talk. Doesn't do anything. I just, I mean, it's quite early in the premiership of, now, do we call it a premiership? He's the prime minister. Prime ministership doesn't seem right. And I know he's not the premier, but somehow I feel that's still the noun for his reign. Administration. Sounds quite American and bureaucratic. Anyway, it's, it's a little too early to tell what the new government will bring. And now it is time for a new segment on the James Donald Forbes McCann Catamaran Plan, McCannonomics, a segment where a man who doesn't know anything about economics talks about economics. Some people are saying, well, the economy will collapse. And to this I say, please, hyperinflation would wipe out all of my debts. Mechanonomics. <laughs> I long for hyperinflation. I think my family would do quite well of hyperinflation. And then people say, well, you don't understand, James. People in the Weimar Republic, they would have to get a wheelbarrow and fill it up with marks to go and buy a loaf of bread. And to this I would only say, yeah, but if we have hyperinflation today, it's not as though we're going to have more paper money. There's going to be a few more zeros when you pay pass. You know, bring on the hyperinflation, I say. Bring it on. Make it happen. Mechanonomics. Of course. And it'll be rather more than $500,000 for the catamaran plan. But I'll be earning more money too. And I'm young and I'm sprightly. And I think um, hyperinflation mainly attacks those with savings. And you know what? I don't know just about anybody with savings. Do you know anybody with savings? I know people who own stocks, right, which which presumably, if that company can adapt to a hyperinflation market, are going to be making hyperinflated incomes. Okay, so people with superannuation, you're fine. I know people with mortgages 
and houses instead of savings. Like they have savings, instead of savings, they have equity. But if there's hyperinflation and they have a fixed price mortgage, which is a big if, but if they do, it just wipes out. You can you could buy your mortgage for a sack of beans, probably. And so, you know, your your net asset is then you own a full house. That's your saving. That seems much better. Who? No one in this day and age just has a big, you know, gold bars under the bed or anything. And if they did, they wouldn't be affected by hyperinflation. But nobody has just like a sack of dollars kicking about, except the very old. And they will suffer under hyperinflation. That is true. That is true. Well. If you do know about economics and can explain why that is wrong, let James know. Because James thinks it checks out. Well, some people have asked me about why all the swear edits to the podcast, and here's why. It's not because I'm opposed to swearing. I love a good swear, and if you do see me live, and as you may have been aware for the last stand-up that I uploaded, I'm a bit of a sweary man. I like to swear. It's a tick that I've developed over years of living badly. But one day I'd like this podcast to make more money, basically, so that I can get that catamaran sooner. And I find that foul language is a door that closes. And I've already got so many doors closed to me in terms of making this a successful, lucrative podcast. So I just don't I just don't want to close any doors, basically. When someone like San Remo Pasta gets onto me and they say, Hey, James, we love uh, the podcast. The podcast is a molto bene podcast, and we'd like to sponsor you. I don't want them to listen to it and go, Mamma mia, you say all of the nasty words, James. I want them to say, you're bloody beautiful, and we can get behind you. But then, of course, they'll listen to this episode, and they'll, <laughs> they'll say, why were you featuring the, hat- the, the hatred spewing out of your Croatian cab driver who said he didn't like Italians, And I'll say, he didn't say he didn't like Italians. He said that Anthony Albanese was a classic Italian, talking all the time and saying nothing, doing nothing. And they'll say, well, we're not sponsoring the podcast anymore. And I'll say, classic Italians, you did all the talking. You didn't do any of the sponsoring. Oh, hello, James Donald Forbes. McCann here back again for the next part of this very long episode indeed. Warp into the future. I, it's the same day, by the way. It's the same day that I recorded the last one, but I have been working mostly in a library. Warping into the future. Powering through my charity bird. Uh, well, I don't do it for charity. The charity pays me to write things about birds, and I've been doing that. And I wrote some of a disgusting board game as well, which uh, I'm being paid to do by a company that specialises in disgusting board games. And then in the middle, because today is the first day on which I have my full licence, I had lunch and a beer. And I've never been able to have a beer at lunch before and then keep driving. And... um, very liberating indeed. Not as liberating as driving to begin with. Uh, more libationating, anyway. Oh, mercy, mercy me. I wanted to say that I, um, while on lunch break, I've been squeezing through the analytics, 
which is the uh, statistics of who's downloading and where they're from. This is a great thing that I like to do for the podcast. And what I find over and over again, which is slightly upsetting, um, we keep growing. That's not the upsetting part. (laughs) It's good. It's good that no matter what I seemingly try on this podcast, we grow. Um, but the, the the trying thing is that no matter what I try, we grow basically at the same rate. Uh, there are episodes of this podcast that have required a huge amount of effort. If you've listened to the history of the boat shoe episode, I did. Uh, there were scripts. There were about sixty different layers of editing in. Um, in the garage band that I edited on, there was so much editing I had to go out and get at someone else's laptop, my brother's laptop, and that episode did as much better than the previous episode as uh, the lowest. I won't say which is the lowest effort. Uh, effort uh, excuse me, excuse me. I won't say which is the as the lowest. And that episode. Ah. And now a special new segment on the James Donald Forbes McCann Catamaran Plan, in which James has a single beer and struggles to express a simple concept. And that episode did as much better to its predecessor than the lowest episode did better than its predecessor. And that episode did as much better... And that episode, the highest energy episode, and that episode, ah, what am I trying to say? And that episode, this is what I'm trying to say, and that episode, which was the highest effort episode, was as big an increase in listenership to its predecessor as the lowest effort episode, which I won't say what that is, but... If you look back through it and see which of these does it sound like James put the lowest amount of effort into, that increased by the same amount as well. No matter, is what I'm saying, how much effort I put in, how innovative we become, no matter what the thumbnail picture is, if that's done quickly or dragged out over a series of days, that's never happened, but I'm assuming, Uh, no matter if it's just me on the podcast or if I have a guest, it seems to be the same level of increase week to week. Thank you for listening to this installment of In Which James Has a Single Beer and Struggles to Express a Simple Concept. What am I to take from that? You know, I guess the thing you take from that is, hey man, just keep chugging along. Just keep hanging in there, baby. The one big thing that does make a, a big difference, a notable improvement, is the, the clout. When I've done someone else's podcast or a media a commitment that does really seem to work in getting a bigger audience share but everything else is just time effort discipline these are the things i hate i hate discipline and yet the weekly nature of it seems to work extremely well so hey listen maybe this extra long episode will result in a bigger jump up People will go, finally, the, the message boards will light up. Hey, everybody, uh, there's a hour and whatever it was, 12 minutes episode that's out now. Finally, it can fill up the commute. And people will listen to that in bigger numbers. But I doubt it. It's always the same. It's so much more important to be consistent 
than it is to have uh, big Herculean efforts and then um, pitiful efforts. Do you know what I'm saying? Like In which James has a single beer and struggles to express a simple concept. Better to have an effort of three every single week than an average effort of five made up of tens and ones. Does that make sense? Anyway, this is what I currently believe, and I wish it wasn't true, because I... Ah, it makes me feel sad. Makes me feel sad, because I've wasted my 20s thinking that uh, glimmering moments of brilliance were the important things. But actually, as it turns out, as every prudent, judicious person I've ever met has told me, it's just all about going slow, going steady, being conservative... (laughs) playing a straight bat here for a long time, not a good time but at that rate I just don't see how I'm ever going to have a catamaran I really don't I thought this would be a a four episode podcast and we're now 20 odd episodes in it's simply not good enough oh I'll keep going with it don't you worry about that oh we're not gonna we're gonna we're gonna take the lesson of there not being any lessons other than consistency and we're going to move with that but I will not stop looking for a bold and innovative way of breaking into the future I don't know what it is yet clearly uh, nothing that has happened so far is that magnifier perhaps the magnifier will be extraordinary length Certainly extraordinary shortness, as evidenced by the previous episode, has only resulted in the improvement you would expect. It is the next day, and I have just finished performing at the James Donald Forbes began catamaran plan extravagan. Zot! And I dropped Kieran home, who did the door and the sound. Thank you, Kieran. Thank you to all the acts who were on. And thank you to everybody who came. I Did I do a professional job? No. Did I do a good job? No. Am I worried that I have now compromised a listenership in Adelaide? Yes. Uh, several. Thank you to all the people who came up and said they thought it was great. I disagreed. And that is the irrevocable gap between audience and performer. I, to be fair, I cannot remember... I can remember, I do, to be fair, in the, to be fair. Wait, James, did you want to be fair? Yeah, I, re- I think on balance I'm going to be fair. Maybe only twice have I ever come off stage and gone, holy dooly, I did that one very well. But tonight was just very loose and people were very kind and very tolerant. And, um, and I tried a bunch of things and some of them didn't work. And some of them, I think, worked fine. And I'm just very grateful. To everybody who came out. And I'm going to endeavour to be more professional at the next show. And it was not so bad on my end that I would say, well, that's it. I'm just not performing anymore. No, we'll do more. And, well, I mean, one thing is I probably won't cut my hair live on stage in the future. I chopped, um, I chopped quite a lot of my hair off on stage in the middle of the show. And from that point on, people were uh, rightly questioning whether or not they were witnessing a man who was in full control of his faculties. 
as I question it as well, I didn't realise how vulnerable it would make me to have cut my hair. You know? Like Samson. Or why barbershops are such blokey, masculine places. It's because they're vulnerable places. I see that now. And as I was chopping the hair, I thought, oh, cutting hair is very sensitive and private. And I, I am, there's an, a, a truly unspoken, so unspoken and unknown taboo that is going on here. It's, it's not merely the cutting of hair. There's something very deep and strange that I'm uh, being trivial with and it makes me seem weak and crazy. So I won't do that again. Um, well, that's a lesson you have to learn is that there are spiritual dimensions to chopping off your hair on stage with scissors. Uh, I didn't know that. Could have guessed. Most comedians wouldn't even do the things necessary to find out. Hmm? How's that? That's what I'll tell myself. If you're a normal button-down shirt-wearing, uh, you know, person on the project, reading out the news and being fairly conventional and just telling jokes, you never get to find out that if in a basement with people who love your podcast. I assume that was full of people who were listening to and love this podcast. And thank you so much for coming out. So nice if you did. But man, did you think it was weird when I cut my hair? Because I, from that point on, that was a pivot for me. From beforehand, I was like, ah, I'm a little frosty, but we're warming up and who knows? And exciting things are happening. And then I cut my hair. And from that point, I was like, oh, what have I done? <laughs> that was all I could think about. Anyway, I will become more professional. I will think, plan, grow, learn, Earn, yearn, churn, spurn. You've got to spurn. You've got to become a hard person. Not all hard, but you've got to be hard enough that when you're walking down the street, you don't accidentally sign up to three different charities. You know, because... What's going on here? Sorry, I'm just in my car in my driveway and some real fancy driving has taken place. I mean, this is going to be one of the shorter installments, I'd have to think, but I, that's all I have left. It's all I have left. Um, not that it was, you know, a very physically exhausting show. I sat down for some of it, and I wouldn't usually do that, but my goodness, it was a, it's a big day, and there are a lot of personal things happening that I'm not including on the podcast yet. Very exciting and positive things and difficult things, but... Um, Ah, how hard it is for me to keep secrets. How hard it is for me to be duplicitous and performative. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm not saying I'm not good at it. But it's hard. I find it to be draining. I think some people, some psychopathic type of people, they get a real kick out of it. You know, compulsive liars. That gives them a little sugar hit. But I find it to be draining. And, um... Oh, mercy. Mercy me. I did want to say one last thing, but I've absolutely forgotten what it was. So maybe I'll just wind this down and go inside and have a lie down. Show my wife my new hair and suffer the consequence. The consequence will probably just be her going, Oh, Jimmy, you don't have to do that. <laughs> ah, she's a good woman and I love her. 
And there was that just one thing that I wanted to say, and I'm really struggling to remember what it was. Man! Man, what was it? It's at the absolute recesses. It's right, it's right next to me. It's right next to me in the brain department. Ah, oh, sugar. No, I'll never remember what it is. If I do remember, I'll just quickly record it. I'm sorry. It is the next day, and I remembered what it is that I wanted to mention that I didn't mention. And it was, and excuse me, I just walked out some stairs, so now I'm huffing and puffing. And as I sit down at my desk, I'm just surrounded by things that I have to do. There's a tie that I've got to put in the mail. Sorry, Chris, so you a tie. Oh, some things I have to put in the recycling that I've left up here for far, far too long. It was the truth. It was that a couple of people after the show came up to me last night and they said, what I thought about that was, it felt very true. Some version of that, like there was an honesty. There was a, a, an immediateness to the, there was a lack of facade to the show. And they all said it as though that was a really great thing. And I really appreciate that feedback. That's, however, not what I think would be a successful thing for me to aim for going forward. Authenticity. I think authenticity. Ha! It's cheap, isn't it? I mean, you just be honest. And you present yourself warts and all. But to truly have a a facade, this is what I aspire to. Like a, 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 a grand facade that people can invest in rather than just, oh, that's James, he's a crazy person and he's very um open about that what about hey james is doing well now that won't be true but if i was well enough i could construct and facade and so that's what i'd like to do maybe for the next live show is do it with more of a facade you know and that would involve maybe wearing something other than what i was wearing just before i went on stage i could be wearing an outfit of some kind and um and uh and maybe knowing what I was going to say and not having to read some of it off my phone, that would be good too. I think rehearsals, professionalism, razzle-dazzle, that's what I'm going for in the future. So to everybody who said they thought that authenticity was good, thank you so much. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And uh, I hope you also enjoy the inauthentic facade to come. What else is happening today? I have a huge amount of work that I'm going to get done. But you don't need to hear about that. You know what? Let's start the facade now. We've done um, however long this podcast has gone for thus far. Uh, that's all been sort of open and direct. And now we begin the facade component. Um, <clears throat> and I could, do a, I could do a more... I could put on a different voice, couldn't I? Rather than my normal voice, I could put on some sort of... Uh, Hello there. I don't know, maybe not that one there. Um, hey, how's it going? I, I'm trying to do like commercial radio voice, but I was always really bad at it. Hey, everybody, how's it going? And welcome to the James Donald Force McCann Catamaran Plan. Ooh, we've got a great big show coming up for you today. We've got, anyway, and then I'll say what I've got. Uh, it's, that's not right. That's not quite right either. That's not quite right either. Well, it's not enough to just have a facade, is it? One also needs to decide what that facade is going to be. Mm, I don't know what the most effective facade is. Something broad, first of all. I don't mean broad as in lots. I mean broad as in a lady. And I'm going to use this voice because I think that will help me. Ooh. Coming up on the James Donovan again, Catamaran Plan Show, we're going to talk about true crime. 
This is James Donald Force for Camp, and welcome to the section of the show where I put on a calm and pleasing facade. You know, in life we all face trouble. Some of us face trouble every single day. Sometimes it feels like there is no way out. But that's, yeah, that. Oh boy, it's hard to keep up this facade. <laughs> all right, let's start again. I'm gonna get it right. Here we go. I'll get through it. Here we go. Hey, I'm James Donald Force for Camp. You know, sometimes life can seem hard, but in those moments, it's important to remember that um, you, can, you can just keep going. It's cool, man. It's cool. You just keep going. It's going to be okay. Hey, there we go. Hold on. I've got it now. I got it. I got it. Let's start again. Here we go. Hey, I'm James Donald Forbes McCann. You know, sometimes in life, it can seem like the things getting in our way are insurmountable and we can't conquer them and that we're just being ground down into a fine powder by all the pressures. Maybe we're sick, maybe people around us are sick, maybe there's no money, maybe you've got no time. Maybe everything is actually going really well but your brain chemistry is skew-if and you just haven't felt happiness in years. Well, in those times, it's important to remember you're going to die one day and, and um, yeah, how does that make you feel? Hmm? <laughs> no, that's not that's not quite it. That's not quite it. Let's um we're gonna get it we're gonna get it though. We're gonna get there, we're gonna get there. Hi, I'm James Donald Forbes McCann and I'm trying to buy a catamaran. And if if we just work here we go, if you I believe that if you put your mind to something and you work hard, there's nothing you can't achieve. Oh, it's gotta be a facade, it can't just be lies. <laughs> You can't just say, well, if I can't, maybe I'll just say a bunch of lies. Hey, everything is beautiful and sunshine and happiness. There's never any problems. Oh, all the energy you need is inside of you. All you just have to do is ask and get your mind right. You know, um, why aren't you happy? What a disgusting, what a, what a disgusting person you are to not be happy. Hmm? With all the blessings and gifts that have been showered upon you, let's really lift ourselves today into a new place of dignity and strength. Man, I don't know. <laughs> okay, now we're going to get... Hi, I'm James Donald Forbes McCann. And sometimes life can really get me down. There's an economic crisis on. And uh, that's what people keep saying, at least. I, for, I don't know if it's an economic crisis for me. It's just petrol and food. It's really expensive at the moment. And I'm earning less money than ever before. And I've chosen just a terrible time to start freelancing. And I've got a little headache. And um, my kids are a handful. And um, oh, holy dooly. You know, it's just a lot. It's just a lot. It's so much. And then I did this show the other night. And boy, I wasn't happy with how I did that show. I thought I was unprofessional. So you just... Like, at some point, is it time to go, do I have attention deficit disorder? Like, something is wrong. Something is wrong with my brain. Are there drugs that a medical professional could prescribe to help me? You know, and maybe even it's worth experimenting with them because maybe there's no downside to having these drugs. Like, I like antidepressants, right? People go on them, and they have some real bad side effects. I don't think I'm depressed, though, right? I don't need antidepressants. But what I need is something like speed, Ritalin. They diagnosed me with ADD in school, and it was the 90s. My parents were like, you're not drugging my son. And I respect and support that decision. However, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, um, 
we're getting to the point where my neurochemistry is starting to prevent me from doing things that I want to do in my life. Like, I didn't... Why did I cut my hair off? Why couldn't I just remember to bring the hair I had in a bag? Do you know what I'm talking about? Maybe you feel this way as well. Um, are you on ADD medication? ADHD? Whatever we want to call it. Whatever, you know, whatever name they want to call it so people feel better about having it. I don't care. They could call it um, bees in the head disease and I'd still be... I'd still be okay trying to find a treatment for it. If anything... I'd feel better about finding a treatment for it then because that's how it feels. It feels like there are bees in my head. So if you have bees in your head and you've managed to find something... (laughs) That's the one. Hold on. Hi, I'm James Donald Forbes McCann. Do you have bees in your head? Sometimes it feels like I have bees in my head. Have you found a way to get the bees out of your head? They make some sweet honey, these bees. <laughs> ah, the bees in my head, they make a sweet honey. But the noise they make is very funny. Please help me with these bees. Are you on some sort of ADHD medication? ADHD, ADHB. <laughs> you have gone too far. Anyway. Yeah, I just wonder if there's something that I can do, some chemical that I can take that's going to straighten my life out and... Make everything become easier. If you're on that chemical or you're a doctor or you think, oh, James, actually everyone's life is like that and you're no more weird and dysfunctional than the average person, hey, let me know because I've got to do, do something. I've, something has to seriously change or we're all in a lot of trouble. Whoop, 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 whoop. This is a new recording. You won't know, but that sound was me instigating a new recording. And I, the reason I'm recording now for this very, very long podcast is because I feel good. I feel so good. I thought it was time for us to have some affirmations. Affirmations. Oh, I don't think we've ever gone so long in a podcast without having affirmations before. Affirmations. Except that bonus interview episode. Where there were no affirmations. That was actually a very long time and there were no affirmations. But let me tell you about these affirmations that I'm having. Oh, the affirmations that I'm having feel so good. I want to feel grateful. I affirm that I'm going to feel more grateful. I feel affirm when I think about how good it's going to feel to be grateful in the future. I love gratitude. I selfishly demand more Humility that I may experience the splendors of gratitude. Affirmation. I'm grateful for so many things. I'm grateful for my family. When I see my little children, pl- I want to cry thinking about it. Excuse me. I love my little children. And increasingly my large children. I love my wife. I love my wonderful wife. I love her so much. I love my mummy. I love my daddy. I love my little brother. I love uncles, aunties. I love my Shanova. I love all my deceased relations. I love all my relations who are yet to come into this visible plane. Oh, I'm so full of love for them. And I'm so full of love for you, dear listener. Everybody who came out to this Catamaran show, that was so nice of you to do that on Wednesday. On a cold, wet Wednesday to come out and see a man just throw a poop at a wall for two and a half hours. Can't believe I did that long on stage. I, I listened to some of it back and boy, I was... Yeah, some foreplanning would have been good. But listen, oh, I just feel so good and so grateful. I mean, if you've made it this far in the podcast, I mean, I assume at least one person has made it this far in the podcast because I've made it specifically for them and their commute. And if they haven't listened to it, what a great betrayal. I'm just so grateful. I'm grateful for Panadol and ibuprofen. 
Oh, they are a sweet combo. I miss codeine, but I understand that it's a category above. And so for those entry-level painkillers that you can have basically guilt-free and without fear of addiction, although I do have them all the time. I'm very grateful. I love travel. I love travelling because I get to come home and look at Adelaide with its beautiful pastel lights. I don't know if the light is different in Adelaide, but it feels different. It feels special. It feels pastel. I love travelling. I love Sydney. I love being in Sydney. It feels so old. It feels so European. It does Eastern Sydney. So splendid. And I went to Bondi and I saw Bondi and the big waves coming in. And I had had an ear problem and they said I wasn't allowed in the water. And, you know, knowing me, I probably would have gone into that water and smashed my head on a big rock or something with the big waves. But it was so beautiful. And Sam Campbell. Oh, Sam Cambo. He's so lovely. He's such a nice man. So many nice people that I met over there. That Sydney crew is so chill, baby. I love it. I love Adelaide. I love coming back home. It's a beautiful place to live. And I love Melbourne, where I'm going soon to do shows. And I love Brisbane, too, with its medium-density housing. I'm so glad I don't have to live in medium-density housing. But there is something about medium-density housing as you're going over hills. And it's all these new medium-density housing buildings and all these cranes in the sky. And you just think, oh, it's happening somewhere. And that's okay by me. I don't have to live there. But if other people get to live here and enjoy a cosmopolitan lifestyle, if they're enjoying it, hey, good for them. Good for you. Not for me. But good for you. I just love everything. I love the rosary. I love praying the rosary. I'm going to pray the rosary today. I affirm that I'm going to pray the rosary today and I'm going to find a place for us to live. I have just sent off a letter saying we're not renewing the lease. We got an offer to have a very, very short stay at this house after our lease ended and then to be kicked out. And I was like, you know what? We just can't do it. We can't do it. I'm going to try and buy a house. I don't see how I could buy a house by September when we get kicked out of here. I have no savings. I have some debt. I don't earn a lot of money. But I really think I might be able to buy a house. I affirm... Either way, I affirm that I'm going to move us in somewhere, somewhere nice. Just a nice family home with a safe back garden so that the children can frolic and play and be happy and be surrounded by their family. Man, I feel so good. I just want you to know that I feel good and I affirm that and I love you and I feel good and I hope you feel good too. I'm listening to this podcast on the Bible, this Father Father Mike's Bible in a year, and he's just gone through the Old Testament. And, um, man, some gruesome stuff happens in that Old Testament. So violent and unhappy, and I'm just so... I'm so pleased that my life is full of uh, quiet things, quiet passions, a little sickness here, a little work there. There's no one coming through with a sword and butchering anybody. There's no political machinations where people have to die. I don't have to pull down a building on top of myself to kill the enemy. I'm, you know, none of these things are happening. I'm not Samson. This is not the time of judges. There's no dismemberment. It's just love. We live in the age of love and peace and prosperity. And I feel I am happy. It always feels like it's about to move into a dangerous time. It's about to be a dangerous, weird, scary time. And I'll have to stop doing the Catamaran podcast and just forage for food and find weapons and attack my neighbours and take their food. And there is pestilence and woe be to women who are pregnant at this time, you know, and all of that, all that stuff. But I feel really good, really positive. I'm so grateful for the calm. Hit it. Yeah.
Skibidi bop, skibidi boo, skibidi boo, papay. And I affirm, and I am grateful for all this wonderful new music I'm listening to. C Matt, C M A T. I'm listening to that, and I'm listening to a lot of garage music as well. Your mum loves garage. I love it. I love garage. Bass is kicking, drums is drumming. When you hit it, I'm coming. Thank goodness for British people and Irish people and all their funny peculiarities. Stand up comedy. I'm not a sophisticated man. Don't be fooled by the silk scarf. There's not a symphony orchestra up here. It's an old man playing the spoons. And I don't have good explanations for anything that I believe. I believe all these things, and I used to believe things that were easy to believe because I used to go out to pubs and drink and argue with people and have really tight, cogent arguments. I would win the argument, but I was very sad. (laughs) And now I have children, I have a job, I do this sometimes. I don't have time to read or think or scrutinise. I just listen to the... What may be either a conscience or a schizophrenic break inside. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But I just, I just know some things to be true. I was reading the advertiser and they're talking about this euthanasia bill that's coming into force. Have we all seen this? Apparently 83% of people agree with euthanasia. Um, personally, I think there are too many of them. But... Uh, but... 3% of people agree with you. I think I can understand why in a shallow, materialistic view of the world you would believe in euthanasia. No one wants to suffer. You just go, oh, just bloody... I remember my grandpa. My grandpa told me, bloody, when I get sick, you just take me out to a paddock and put a bullet between the eyes. <laughs> That's what he said when he was healthy. <laughs> when he was actually sick. He spent like five years in hospital, complaining, but desperately clinging to life. (laughs) So two grandfathers die of terminal illnesses. Both probably weren't anti-euthanasia, but they didn't want it for them. They were hanging on. I tell you who did want euthanasia, people around them. (laughs) This is an unsaid phenomenon on the euthanasia debate. People say, oh, you can bring in, you can, you can bring in euthanasia safely because we have checks and safeguards so no one will feel pressured to die. Yeah, f***ing right. What sort of la-la land families are you encountering on a day-to-day basis? First couple of times you go to the hospital and see a dying old man, it's just extremely sad and you all bond together and hold hands and talk about the good times. Fifth time in the month you turn up, people are going, man, I've got... I've got things to do. Can we kill him? You know, this is the tenor. And I understand all these beautiful arguments that Andrew Denton makes. It's always Andrew Denton who's talking about euthanasia. I don't trust people who aren't dying and are euthanasia advocates. Like, what motivation possesses you to write a book 
It's not easy to write a book. Also, no one who has been euthanised gets to contribute to the legislation. Not one. We don't know what people who had been euthanised would have to say. People, people say, oh, James, you shouldn't have an opinion because you're not terminally ill. Only terminally ill people should have a say on euthanasia legislation. <sighs> yeah, I mean, that's their say before they've been euthanised. But maybe after they've killed themselves. Screaming from the fiery pits of hell. They wish something else might have happened. We don't know. And I think that's why everyone voting on the bill in the lower house should communicate through psychic. <laughs> and I, I gotta know what's to suffer, what's the point of suffering. I get it. But then people go, oh, what happens with the euthanasia pill is it's two pills in a box sent to you by the government. One lines the stomach, so you don't throw up the second pill, which is full of poison. And just inside I go, that's fucking gross. That's the only argument I have against euthanasia. That's fucking gross. I listen to the inside voice. It's not backed up by statistics. It's the Aboriginal Vicar of Christ saying, ew. Well, I don't know how much of that I can use. I did write some jokes that I was going to attempt this evening. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm joined by Amos Gill backstage after gig. Amos, how are you? Uh, well, uh, Why are you such a bad Croatian? Not telling me about the Croatia club. This guy's a Serb in disguise. Who is this man? I don't know him. What was his name? I don't remember his name. He wore gloves when he was putting my bags in the car. That's my uncle Slavos. <laughs> he said he didn't know you. Now, is Nikolai Tesla a Serb or a Croat? I was under the belief that he was a Croatian... Genius. And then I found that his statue is actually in Belgrade and he actually was more of a Serb. And that's when I started to focus more on his pigeon fiddling. <laughs> ah, the blood hate runs deep. Amos Gil, great to have you on the podcast. Uh, like a notch. And who else do we have here? Jason Pastel? Hello. And how are you? I'm very well, James. So, by the way, your, your, your light is on in your pocket on your phone. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. You're a lifesaver, James. And who else do we have? We have Paul. Hey, James. And we've got Taylor. Hello, hello. 
Well, we've got Sam McDonough, repeat guest. Hello, James. How are you doing? I'm actually doing really well. Would you like to be on the podcast? Why not? Can't say no. That's right. All right. Let's get out of here. Is that recording? This is your phone. Oh, James, can you uh, really turn it off? I am joined by Aiden Jones. Aiden doing, Jones? Aiden Jones is doing my bits. Return guest, Aiden Jones. And we were just at the gig together. And um, and what a wonderful gig it was. All positive things to say about the gig and about audiences and about Adelaide in general. <laughs> and shut up! <laughs> shut up! I have to live here! And uh, <laughs> I, you know... It was work tonight, wasn't it? It was difficult. I mean, it was. it's not work when you... Uh, do a seven-minute spot, is it? You know. I would even find a seven-minute spot in those circumstances difficult. You know what it was? Oh, no, it's, not, it's really not. I mean, when you do a short set, it's just like you're in and you're out. You've got nothing to lose, but... Hello. Thank you, thank you. Dignified work there indeed. <laughs> you you had to... <clears throat> well, we'll call it there. We'll call it there, and I've only brought this microphone out until we record your podcast, which will be happening now. Let's record that podcast, and I'll tell people about my podcast, Yo! and we'll help each other. Now, quickly, uh, do you want to plug your own stuff? Aiden Jones, Sitting Under a Tree, is my podcast every Tuesday, laughing at my own jokes and stories every Tuesday forever. Oh, God, Lee, right into the bloody microphone. You're a pig. You're a, you're a true one pig. Time, one time, one time. Here is a thing James wrote on his phone during the gig. It is called Big Fat Ass. Kate Upton was the last hurrah for big tits. Oh, certainly big juicy tits haven't become unfashionable per se. But it's a booty culture now. I remember an old episode of Project Runway where Michael Kors complained that one of the outfits made the model look as though she had a big, fat ass. And I can assure you, said Michael Kors, no woman wants to have a big, fat ass. Michael, you fool! You Neville Chamberlain of the big, fat ass! In just a few short years, every woman will want to have a big, fat ass. Anyway, that's the bit that I'm comfortable with. The booty culture. It's a real booty culture now. All of my childhood, it was a, it was a thin culture. You just had to be very thin, and um, perhaps you could have fake bosoms if you wanted. If you're a woman, and I think the thin thing, and people go, "Oh, that's whiteness." I don't know. You see a lot of big, fat white women. <laughs> like I think if. Um, <laughs> I don't think the average white woman looks like that. I think the thin thing is um, it was easier for fashion designers to have a more uh, standardised beauty because a, a skeleton pretty much looks like all the other skeletons so you can design for it. Whereas uh, when you become fatter, you're fat in all sorts of different and interesting ways. A one big fat ass is not necessarily going to dress the same as another big fat ass. Or is my understanding of the big fat ass. And, um, but also I think there's a certain level of egalitarianism to thinness being the beauty standard because not everybody can have a big fat ass, but every woman can starve herself, you know? And so it's to say, hey, this is actually an achievable beauty standard, is extremely thin. It's not nice, you know? It's not actually even, I find, I don't even think it's very attractive. It's certainly not uh, physically, in an intimate sense, uh, uh, good. You want to... 
little son to cuddle, some howl, you know, a wraith-like creature disappearing within your embrace. Do 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 do. I'm just incapable of holding a tone. Who is the audience for this podcast? Was that too dirty? Is it all too dirty? Was the euthanasia stuff unpleasant? I made it sound like that was from the gig that I had done. And then that was me talking after the gig, but it wasn't. That was a gig that I recorded and decided wasn't good enough and too unusual. So now you know. Uh, the gig I did last night was just emceeing, and there's no sense doing any of the emceeing uh, work on the podcast because it's... Well, I mean... You don't want to hear me going, hello, what's your name, what do you do? It's great in the room, it's spontaneous, but a recording of it, I mean, no one brings that out, no one has their specialty crowd work. Well, a couple people have in a high art concept done whole specials of crowd work, but I'm not going to do that because my crowd work's no good. Now listen, it's probably time, that's enough preamble, probably time for us to declare this meeting open. Because this is, as well as a high concept length episode... It is additionally a real episode of the James Donald Forbes McKen Catamaran plan. So, item of business number one is I have had an idea um, to get more patrons and more listeners. So, as far as I see it, the podcast audience is divided into two kinds. There is the uh, the broader listenership, you listening to this, that's maybe 90% of you, and then there's some inner sanctum of Patreon subscribers. And by the way, if you want to subscribe to the Patreon, you can. There, there'll be a link somewhere. It's the James Donald Force McCann Catamaran Plan Patreon. And you get a special podcast every week and then special giveaways and special, special, special. Anyway, so some people are in that. And I think I've almost got 30 people there. And then we've got about 300 listeners a week. So I think it's about 10%. Now, the pay. Now, the, okay, so that 270 people who listen but aren't part of that 30, I basically don't get any money out of you listening uh, unless you want to come to a live show or buy a book or something um, because there aren't enough of you yet for me to get advertising money. And I would so love to be successful enough to have the advertising money and I do believe that at some point we will be successful enough to have the advertising money. But believe you me, we're not there yet it is a way off i think it you know maybe by the end of the year if if we got there by the end of the year i would actually be very very pleased so here was my thought okay other podcasts have patrons and they've got more patrons than me and i think someone who is already a patron is more likely to become a patron of somebody else and you can sort of see this on patreon some people are signing up to patreon to become a member of my podcast but I think overwhelmingly it's people who already have a Patreon and they go, ah, yes, this is a system that I understand. Let's get into it. You'll see? Like there's a, I think the average uh, number of people that people patron is probably greater than one. So my thought was, how do I get the clout to get other people's patron audience members? Because those are the ones who are really coughing up the scratch to pay for me to have my boat. And I had this realisation. It is actually very hard to make the Patreon content, right? Because you you make the public content and that's sort of your growth content. And you go, you get a real dopamine hit making that because you go, who knows if this is going to be 
massively successful. Maybe it will be. Maybe this will go far and wide. It's like putting a dollar in the poker machine. Like I, right now I'm recording this and I, ooh, there's a bit of excitement. And I go, ha, ha, ha. will this be the episode that breaks it wide open and makes me a star and hits the charts? You don't know. But the Patreon episode is never going to do that because it is only going out to people who have opted in. There is a there's a high watermark on how good it can be. In fact, you feel the other way when making the Patreon content. You feel a bit scared, like, well, if I make something bad, are they going to leave me? It's the opposite. You fear relegation when making the Patreon content, but when making the podcast content, full of hope. Now, I love making my Patreon content over and above the fear that people will leave me. And uh, because I love my patrons and I love going towards a boat and I love the journey we're on together... But I suspect that other people with podcasts and big Patreon audiences who don't have as intimate and special a mug-making relationship with their patrons probably don't like making their Patreon content at all. So previously what I had tried to do to get clout and get out to more audience members was to get on other people's podcasts, their public podcasts. And this I see now, that's hard for them. They enjoy making that podcast. They don't want to have to organize me. They don't know if I'm going to be funny. Blah, 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 blah. But what I should be doing is making their Patreon content for them. Excuse me. There was a slight burp. Not an Aiden Jones style burp, but a very slight burp indeed. I should make their Patreon content for them. Right? So Nick Cody and Luke Heggie of Mid-Flight Brawl. That's going to happen at some point. I'll get on that podcast. But they have to make Patreon content every week. So my thought was, what if I record a Patreon episode for their Patreon? And I don't release it out on my channels. I just record an audio file called, you know, bonus special episode. And then they have additional value that they can give to their listeners. There were their, and not just any of their listeners. It's narrowcast to only the most high-value listeners. You're going out at that point to 500 people who don't know about my podcast, prospectively, certainly haven't signed up to it. You're basically giving them hot content. Like, who loses? I get them to listen to me. They get to give special value to their Patreons, and they could go, yeah, you don't have to listen to this, but if you want it, here's an exclusive thing that someone made for you. And then they get exposed to me, and I get to steal them away. It's not even, it's not, again, as we've outlined, it's not mutually exclusive. They don't have to leave their Patreon to come over to mine. They can pay for both. I mean, I, of course, pay for none, because I am very poor, and things aren't going well. <laughs> oh, things are going so badly. Anyway, but things are going great. I know that's just the opposite of what I said. I'm not substantiating either of them, but that's sort of how life is. I've got to start selling some of my books. My only asset is that I have a house full of thousands of books, and I think I'm going to start. Ah, I'm at least going to start seeing which ones I don't want and then checking the value of those books and seeing if I can drum up a little bit of money for that. Anyway, listen, I'm thinking of moving this family into a caravan. I've got to check with my mum if she's okay with me moving my family into a caravan outside of her house because we can't live here anymore and I don't know what to do. But here's my thought. Yes, I just spontaneously, and I probably don't even ask, right? Because if you ask, people might go, ah, James, if you say, if I say, hey, uh, mid-flight brawl boys, hey, Luke and Lewis boys. Hey, ladies of the big Natural Talents podcast. Hey, whoever you are. 
can I record a special Patreon episode for your people? I think they would more than likely go, um, who are, what are you saying? This is very weird. Um, no. Uh, or they, they wouldn't say anything. They just wouldn't get back to me. But if I put all the effort in and I make a 15, 20-minute Patreon episode for them and I send it to them and I go, hey, I've made this. You can put it out to your followers if you like. I think that's going to be a higher chance of success. There are more sunk costs into it, right? Because sending an email asking to do it, very, very low stakes. Making the whole thing, producing it up and doing it nice, very, very time intensive. And as mentioned, we don't have a lot of time at the moment. But I think at that point, maybe, you know, chance that they'll listen to it the first couple of seconds, 70%. Chance that they'll accept it after that, 50-50. So that's like a 35% chance. So if I do three of them, I'm guaranteed to get one. I don't know about statistics, but that feels right to me. And I think then there's a little extra because 33 is a third and 35 is what I'm talking about. So that's two, two, two. That's six. There's a 6% chance that I get all of them. I don't know how it works. Anywho, I hope, by the way, that this podcast episode has been agreeable to the commuter. Scott! I hope this has been agreeable to you on your commute. I hope it's also been agreeable to other people on their commute. No matter where you are listening to this podcast, and we've got so many places in the world listening. Actually, we have enough time to fill up the podcast that I could... uh, I could go through and thank everybody who's listening to the podcast right around the world. Let's open up the analytics. Let's click the login button. Let's wait for it to load. It's still loading now. I continue to wait. Yes. Click the login button with my auto-filled passwords. Clickety-clack. Loading again. Man, I do this all the time, and all this loading must take up a big chunk of my day. Maybe that's the reason I'm suffering. It's because I spend too much time on the analytics. But it's worth it spending that much time on the analytics, ladies and gentlemen, so that I can bid you hello in... Let's just go the last 30 days. Well, Australia, first of all. Adelaide. Hello, Adelaide. Brisbane. Oh, we've had a lot of listens in Brisbane. That's the second city. Third city is Sydney. Hello, Sydney Siders. Fourth city, Melbourne. Which is a little worrying because I've got a show coming up in Melbourne. Tickets on sale now. And then so many other cities. Perth, Canberra. We had 63 listens in Canberra. No, I take it back. That was Perth. We've had 15 listens in Canberra. And I have to think some of that is from the posters that we put up in Canberra. So, thank you very much for that. And have any of the other posters been scanned? Well, we've got some in Canberra. But it doesn't look like the other ones are. Pim- Pimpama. We've had someone in Pimpama. So that's good, isn't it? Where's Pimpama? Have I been to Pimpama? Pimpama. I don't. Do I know Pimpama? Oh, it's just off the Gold Coast. Hello, Pimpama. But then let's go through to the other countries. The United States. United States. Alexandria. Cambridge. North Charleston. I have... Well, I know Cambridge, but... 
I hope someone from South Charleston starts to listen as well. We've had Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, somewhere called Quincy. Oh, we have a listener in the Bronx. I wonder if that's Jenny. And Wentzville. Someone in Wentzville. Where's Wentzville? The listener in Wentzville. It's in St. Louis. Uh, I'm, I'm familiar with your football team. Or is it a baseball team? We've had 15... Oh, wow! Goodness me, the show's actually really taking off in South Africa. Man, all right. I mean, we, obviously Zimbabwe is still hanging in there. I assume that's all you act, and I'm about to send you an Instagram message to find out when we can do this interview. But Johannesburg has some listens. All right. This Africa tour is really taking off. Have we had anyone else in Africa? Mm. Nigeria. We had a Nigeria listener. Oh, it's all, it's all coming together. I mean, Nigeria is obviously much further away um, within Africa. But, man, I'd go to Nigeria. I believe they speak English in Nigeria. I'd love to come to Nigeria and Zimbabwe and South Africa. And uh, we've had listeners in Ireland, top of the afternoon at this point to Ireland, Dublin, all ten listeners. That's so nice when you click on a place and it's all centralised in one zone, you know, because it's just like, bang, I can do Dublin. I don't have to do an additional tour to Cork, although if we do have Cork listeners, it would be only too pleasing for me to go there. And Switzerland, oh, many listeners in Switzerland. Zurich, Opfikon, Laoshane. I'd like to know how many of you are Anna Freer, how many of you are those people that I recorded a birthday message for, and how many of you have been using the disabled toilets at the university. Germany, Alfie de Zane. Is that hello? Goodbye. Munich. Ah, the tragedies of Munich. So many tragedies associated with so many places, you know. Belgium. Oh, things that happened in the Congo. No Congolese listeners yet, but we'd love some listeners from the Congo as well. And this is just in the past, what, 30 days? We're blowing up, baby. Where it's happening. Wait, is that a Papua New Guinean listener? No, it's Indonesian listeners. That's still cool. Who else have we got? Now, in the United Kingdom, the United Kingdom has become one of the bigger supporters of the pod. It's country number three after the United States and Australia. So, to my fans in London... Barking, Bromley, Bury, Edinburgh, Johnston, Leeds, Luton, Lutton. Ah, it feels like being in the UK, it's more likely to be Lutton, isn't it? Let's have a look here. Lutton Town FC. Oh, my goodness. Your football club has the most remarkable um, shield. That's wonderful. The shield has two flowers on it, a bale of wheat, a bee, honey... And the thing that really drew my attention is it has a boater hat. It has a cute little boater hat. Lutton! Ah, you're having a you're sixth in the Champions League. Does that mean you are saved from relegation? You're the Hatters. Hold on. I didn't know there was a football club called the Hatters. And you all wear little hats. Oh, well, that, that does please me immensely. Hey, and you've had a really good last few years. Lut- Luton Town? Hold on. Hold on. First of all, where is this? Oh, I thought I was trying to drag out the clock, but now time is really starting to run down before the end of the podcast. All right. So you're in, I guess that's the south. I don't think that's the, the Midlands. Bedfordshire. And how do I say it? Uh, pro noun Here we go. 
Say that again. Luton Town. And let's say that slowly. Luton Town. Luton Town. I love it. Hey, you can also get the American pronunciation. Luton Town. Luton Town. <laughs> Don't go over to Luton Town. A lot of crime there. People looting. Anyway, I just want to say thank you to everybody who's listened. Thank you to everybody who is listening. And at the end now of the pod, I've timed this exactly. We have a song. It's a song that I made on my phone, and it's a song that I'd like to share with you. I'm shocked that we got through so much of the podcast without me playing even more songs, but I was worried that if I played a song in the middle, that would turn people off and they wouldn't want to listen anymore. So instead, here is a song. Catamaran Ho. And now, a song from James Donald Forbes McCann. This one is called Spaceman and it conveys all of James Donald Forbes McCann's feelings about spacemen, and indeed, space women. But what about the space non-binary? No, 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 no. This is a song conveying James Donald Forbes McCann's feelings about space women and spacemen only. Maybe one day he will produce a song that also includes his feelings about the space non-binary. But it is not this day. Space woman. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.